U.S. Army Ranger, Benghazi hero, Defender of Freedom, firearms instructor, podcast host, all-around awesome guy. These are just a few of the things that describe our next guest on the Jarhead podcast, our good friend Chris Tonto Peronto. Guys, I am fired up for this one, so let's stand up, hook up, shuffle to the door, roll that intro. You will treat all Marines with the highest level of respect, for we have earned our place in Marines and will accept nothing less than that from you. This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless. Welcome to the Jarhead Podcast. Welcome to the suck. My name is Trey with Ghost Tactical, and today we're going to have our good friend and a special guest on the Jarhead Podcast. And you guys know that we don't just bring Jarheads onto this, and we bring in people we've had Navy SEALs on. We're going to have everyone come on, but today is awesome because he, he's lived a life um, for others. He's dedicated his life to this country and all that. He's the most humble hero, and he doesn't like being called a hero, but he's the most humble hero you're ever going to meet. Welcome to the Jarhead Podcast, our good friends, Chris Tonto Peronto. What's going on, bro? Hey, brother. And and a cool shirt wear, too. Yeah, you know, just one of those things that just happened. Uh, Battle Line Podcast, by the way, it is Chris's uh, podcast. Yeah. Go check it out. It is amazing. Uh, they, do a, they do a great job. But, uh, no, we, we wanted to bring you on not for just the whole Benghazi craziness, but you've lived an interesting life with the Rangers and in post-Army. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that are, are, are getting ready to get out of transition. And we try to help people understand there are different ways to look at it. Yeah. But you bring a different perspective on how to transition into civilian life or regular life, if we call it that, you know? Yeah, well, I, um, you know, and, and the, the military, I, I wasn't ready to get out of the military. So, you know, it's kind of forced because of a medical um, uh, having Crohn's disease and not knowing I had Crohn's disease for eight years. And then, you know, I, and you military guys, I can speak the language. I can say, well, I'll try to keep it as clean as possible, but we got jarheads on there. So I know you're not, we don't have to keep it yeah. clean, bro. It's all good. <laughs> you know what? You're out in the woods and, and you're just doing a training, just a training mission in, in Fort Benning. And you take it, you know, you let off a fart and you end up shitting your pants blood and you realize, Oh crap, something's, Something's not right. It wasn't the MRE that did that. There's something else wrong in my system. Um, well, it I, could be the MRE. Depends on which one you had. Yeah, I was like, man, did I just eat chili mac? I swear. I oh. The tuna. The tuna was always the worst for me. It, Goodness it, it, gracious. Oh, man, I tell you, even the old school ones. I remember the, the old the old eggs. The scrambled mm. egg old the, ones. The, were, the oh, eggs, if you want to call them that. No, oh, I, they weren't eggs. <laughs> I, I, I still could not eat that. I tried, and I, I, I like, no, I can't do it. But, uh, I you know, I, that was the transition for me was, was, was more of a, a just unprepared. And maybe that's why I, I took it in stride because I, I didn't have to think about it. It just was, oh shit, I'm, I'm done. What do I do now? You know, it's like, yeah. Hey, you're medically discharged. We're going to take you. What's the, what's the military, the military did. They did. They, you know, I got some disability out of it. Not enough to pay, you know, a mortgage and house bills and kids and stuff. But I can't say that they just threw me the wolves. Like I, I, and I won't, I won't expose, I won't, I won't adhere to that or I won't say that, that they, 
oh, the military screwed me over. They threw me. No, they, they did what they could within their regulations, within the guidelines. Um, but still, you know, you're looking for a job. I, you know, married at the time and, and, and you know, have a son that's have, going to have a son on the way. And uh, yeah, the transition for me was just, uh, just it wasn't, I wasn't trying to force anything. That's just, but I think that's where a lot of guys get, they, they think that I've got to force something. I got to find a job now. I got, no, just, just, just stand ready, you know, stand fast, uh, uh, um, have yourself prepared. If you, if you don't have schooling, I always recommend schooling. If you don't, it's a good way to transition back into getting kind of reacclimated to civilian life. Is college civilian life? No, college is college. But college can be fun, and it can start to get you acclimated into back into what civilian life is—the nine-to-five grind, or jobs, whatever you want to do. Or if you want to get into contracting, like I just kind of fell into, uh, and there still is a lot of military contracts out there, more so than when I started. And it yep. was, and you can go actually online these job sites and find those contracting jobs. Where when I was going, I started, it was just word of mouth. It was yep. some guy recommending to some guy, and all of a sudden you get a phone call. And it's from a a, a, tra- a a contracting company saying, "Do you want to go work for us?" And that's how I got into it. So um, I, I think the options out there are plentiful for guys, and men and women. Guys, it's a, guys is a gender neutral term for all you yes, men and yes. women out there. <laughs> but guys, for all you guys getting out, I, you know, there are tons of opportunities for you. It's just you have to. You have to find a way to start to shut that chapter that you're getting out of it. It is. It's a chapter. Don't forget it. Remember it. It's going to ha- allow you to have great perceptions on everything and throughout the rest of your life, which I still use experiences in the military and then also deploying as a contractor and how I shape my views on, on the world. And I think it's excellent because you're able to see different things because you experience so much. Right. But I still close that chapter. It's like, okay, that chapter's closed. It, t- did, it didn't happen right away either. It, happened, it took a while. I'm not going to say it happened overnight. It took a few years, quite a few years for me to finally shut that chapter. But once it was shut, I could start to progress on my next life, which was, um, and, you know, contracting was part of it. But even after that family, you know, I do have a five-year-old son though. So I still did start pretty late, but getting back and being the best father and husband I could be, which I hadn't been for 18 years. So it's just, it's just being able to let it go, not let it go per se and say, okay, I'm never going to think about it again, but, Try not to relive those, and you know what I'm talking about, those glory days. Those glory days are great. Let them be that chapter. That's a great chapter in your life. Stuff to think about, stuff stuff to be proud of, but don't let it still. I'm trying to recapture those glory days because you, you can't. You're, we're not deploying anymore. They're not. You're not going to recapture those glory days, but you can still yep. set goals and have self-purpose on things in the future, which, you know, means my family, but also, you know, now I'm, I'm fully acclimated in the civilian yep. world doing a great podcast, you know, getting into and being an entrepreneur, which I think veterans can be tremendous entrepreneurs because they know how to multitask and they have great ideas. And then also, you know, I went back and got my degrees, which I don't use them for shit, but I, at least I can put MS on for a graduate, right. I put MS on a cart, but it didn't give me purpose. It gave me some guidance. It led me to have a goal. And we need goals. Veterans, military personnel, contractors, PMCs, We've got to have goals because that's how we've lived our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. And with today's uh, 30-something crowd out there, um, it's not easy. It's not hard to excel because a lot of them aren't goal-oriented. It's more about complaining about what, what they don't have. Where While they're complaining, you're moving past them because you're reaching for those goals based off those lessons you've learned while you were in the military or while you were as a contractor. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of it when it comes down to veterans, um, the one great, there are a couple of skills that we obviously yeah. learn while in the military, but one of them is to compartmentalize. Yeah. And you have to be able to compartmentalize everything in your life, whether it's good or bad, we're able to do that. So I, I think it's, it's great what you say is take that as a chapter, as a compartment yeah. in your life. And, and you're always going to be a veteran. That's your, that's who you are. You're never going to take that away from you. But it doesn't have to be what you are. Yeah. And there's a difference between who you are and what you are. Be be that veteran. That's who you are. Be that that Marine, that that soldier, yeah. that that's, that Navy guy, that Air Force Airman. But don't make that what you are for the rest of your life. Um, I think one of the best things that I ever heard um, was um, from a buddy, uh, Charlie Melton, who was a retired yeah. Navy yeah. sniper. Yeah. You know Charlie. Yeah. 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 And Charlie said the best thing that he he was able to do is he, he, he was able to transition pretty quickly, but he took some time for himself when he got out yeah. to just decompartmentalize and just let it. Wow. I just did all of this yeah, yeah. for this amount of years and I'm proud of that, but you've got to be able to go understand what it is to pick the kids up at school, go to the grocery store and do groceries, little things that most people take for granted. That's not something that we were used yeah, to back yeah, in the day. Yeah. You're right. And also you can enjoy those things because we get to experience yes. those little things like that. I love doing because I didn't get to do them for. So I can enjoy it. That's why I, I, veterans can be such a positive influence on the rest of the world because we didn't we don't take those little things for granted. Right. We, we can look at them and go, man, well, I get to sit here and watch weird science today on TV. I, you know, and, yes. and listen to my little boy play his iPad downstairs and and while my wife's yelling at me that, hey, do you need my computer to do trace? You know, I, I, I didn't get to do that. But, and that's like, right. well, we, oh, that's just normal life. Well, that's what's so wonderful about being normal to having that normal life is that the little things, those little things that exactly. And so I, I, I even tell companies, that's why you want to hire veterans, because yes. the, the things that that civilians and I don't say that as a derogatory term, it's just a different I, and I'm not trying to put people into categories. I'm just saying, hey, people that haven't served take things, daily things for granted. Where guys in the military and the veterans, they don't. They like, okay, I get to come to work today. I get to look at this office, man. I, I get to, you know, I not say sit in a cubicle sexy, but I get to sit here and enjoy the fresh air. I don't have to worry about somebody shooting. Well, you know, and I'm not being silly, but I don't have to worry about people really blowing this building up or shooting into it right. as much so as I did when I was overseas. I get to have a cup of coffee. While I'm sitting yeah. there working, you know, it's, it's, and I get a paycheck and, and, and I'm getting a good paycheck and, and yeah. it's just the little things that we can enjoy. And then I get to go home or go to the gym or, or I, I, I can, I have the freedom to do what I want to do and go out to the areas I want to go out where, you know, you, you couldn't just go out in Fallujah and go catch a movie. You couldn't just go out to. I guess you could. You didn't want to, but I guess you could. Now, speaking of which, I'll tell you the one thing, the the craziest thing is this is something we'll talk about later in one of the questions, but one of the funniest, I would say, experiences of my life is I was over, we had just gotten back from Somalia in 95, and I was over in Okinawa, Japan. And the on-base theater brought Braveheart to the theater. Yeah. You've never experienced a movie like Braveheart, a war movie in a, in a theater full of Marines or, 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 or military people at all. It's a whole new movie experience for you. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even imagine. That's when you said Braveheart, a bunch of, bunch of jarheads in there watching it. I bet it was just... It was, it was... I'm pretty sure uh, that theater was uh, closed for a couple of weeks. I mean, uh, remodel, you know. <laughs> oh, my Lord. 
obviously, but that's the, that's the experience that you have and that you can pull from and enjoy it. And, and, you know, but when are you going to go see another movie like Braveheart? First of all, another movie like Braveheart in today's right. society with a bunch of Marines as well in the same theater. Yep. But it's a great yeah. experience. And what I'm getting at is, is, is being a civilian, and, and I'm a civilian now too, is that, mm -hmm. that I, I, I can, I can look back or something will 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 will, will uh, cause me to remember, smell, a sight, a yep. sound of, oh man, I remember that day in 2005, whether it was good or bad, the grimy or the nasty parts or the great parts, I remember it and now I can smile at it. Cause it's like, man, that was good. That, that was a hell of an experience. Good or bad, yep. man. I good or bad. Yep. And, and I love where you were going for with saying, you know, companies should really think about hiring veterans because we bring, veterans bring certain skills to a job yeah. they they obviously they can work under pressure yes and yes. stay calm time management yes. i've never met anyone that didn't serve that didn't value time yeah uh, you know they're going to be early if you're if you're five minutes early you're late type thing i mean that, that's their their skills yeah. Yeah. and they're in their natural leaders um whether or not that they want to be a leader Typically, they know how to lead because we've learned how to follow first. You have to learn to follow before you lead yeah, I agree. And, and all that. So I, I think those are great traits that, that people have. Uh, before we dive into the crazy, awesome questions, we always try to go to the pit. Now, the Marine Corps, the pit was when you were getting NJP'd and you were getting thrashed for messing up, they sent you to the pit and it was nasty. So I'm sure you guys had some of the similar yeah, the same thing. We, we had the sawdust pit, dude. We there you go. Pit. You had the ropes and the tree next to it to qualify on if you needed to. And oh yeah, we, to we had qualify, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we do is we, we, we go some basic uh, quick response. What's the first thing that comes to your head okay. questions? Kind of get the blood flowing. All right, here we go. What was the best MRE you ever had? Chili Mac, honestly, Chili Mac, Chili Mac, with, and then put Tabasco sauce on it at Ranger School at Eglin Air Force Base, the last phase, Swamp Phase, by far the best. And also because I had a peanut butter, I don't know why it came with that peanut butter packet, but boy, I tell you what, you open that peanut butter packet, you can smell that thing for miles back at that final phase, the Swamp Phase, especially when I was emaciated down to, yeah. I think I was 145 pounds. Now, I remember it vividly, and I can still smell the peanut butter and the chili mac and the Tabasco, and then I put a little Tabasco in the corner of my eye. Oh, yeah. Falling asleep. Yep. Yeah, that's you got it. And that's, I, I'm not a huge, I like Tabasco, but overdoing it, but I the Tabasco to this day is one of those things that we would put here, we would yeah. put underneath our nose. Like you said, if you grew up in night patrol, you've got to stay awake, bro. Yes, they, it's it, just it, the way it goes. It, 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 dude, if we could eat, if I could <laughs> eat the plastic bags and the bottle as well by that space, I mean, you, if, you don't let an MRE go to waste in Ranger School. Right. Everything is chowed down. And you even eat the paper. If you can eat the paper yep. and plastic and get it, you're good. And you've got three to five minutes to do it. And oh, by the way, <laughs> yes. like you just inhale it. Yeah. Inhale, okay, let's go. Oh, yeah, so uh, oh, the, the best so one we had, the best one, my favorite one was the beef stew. But the beef stew, but I also put the peanut butter inside the beef stew and the crackers, oh, mixed it all up. It sounds disgusting, but dude, no, it was so good. It was good. wonderful. And you can't replicate those things. I try to replicate <laughs> no. the chili mac. I can't get it. Can't I don't it. care what it is. I can't get yep, it. It's can't do it. FRD, ain't MRE. All right, so chili mac's your best one. What was the worst MRE that you remember? Hey, yeah, the, eggs, the, the scrambled eggs, and that was when I was a private at Ranger Battalion. We were doing a JRX in Fort Bragg. Joint Ranger's exercise, green and blue, and yep. um, yeah, it was back in the '90s. 
So yep. we still have that. And I still remember, you know, you open up and it's just running. It's like, you know, it's formed and you want to eat it. but It was it, goo. It was, it was it, a it goo. Was, it, was, it was, it wasn't runny. It was slimy. I would say slimy yeah. is a better word. It just, it just turned my stomach. Luckily again, though, it wasn't at a point where, where we were starving or anything. Cause it was GRX. Yeah. You're eating all the time. You have the best, you know, Fort Bragg, you have green and blue there. They're not going to try to starve themselves. They're, they're coming back. So we had, you know, you had the all night defac was open. So as soon as you got back, it didn't matter if it was one in the morning, the defac was open. Plus you had an all night coffee bar set. So you had donuts. And so I was like, uh, but I do remember looking at it going, I, I can't eat this. And I tried and it turned my stomach and like, no, nope, no. Nope. And, and, but then I think they stopped making them because they were so awful. They did. <laughs> Just the worst. They, they, oh. It was, oh, the, oh yeah. The egg, the eggs. The oh, eggs. So I mean, and it's still that slime yeah. that covered it. Oh yeah. Worst, worst yeah. ever. So I can't really say I ate it because I didn't, I didn't eat it. Sure. I didn't want to. I took sure. a bite and I was like, nope, done. <laughs> yeah. And whether it was in, in the army or in your contracting yeah. days or even civilian days, it makes no difference to me. What's the favorite gun slash weapon system that you've ever shot? What's your, what's your favorite one you ever shot? One, you know, my favorite one, honestly, is, is uh, and uh, I'm not doing, this isn't a marketing shout out or nothing, is my little toolbox, my little Tonic yeah. toolbox. My Frankenstein? Yeah, the, the one that's, that was, that's made by Maximum Defense. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't know, I just always love, I, I have a, there's romanticism because of reading of the hunter killer teams and the lurk teams in Vietnam, you know, they started to use those shorty carbines all the time. So yep. growing up, that was what I always wanted to have. I just want to have those little cool little baby carbines. Then you get the range battalion and I had a, a longbow. When you first get there, everybody gets an M16. You know, everybody, we don't, you don't get the cool guns yet. You haven't learned, you haven't earned the right to. And, uh, and you probably didn't even get an optic, did you? We just, uh, we uh, were it was, iron. It was, it was, iron. It was yeah. irons and then you have to earn the right to get that first CCO, that first comp M. Yep. And then you have to earn the right to get your ACOG, your, your yep. free buy. Now, you know, now I'm sure they got EOTex and all sorts of stuff on them, but the, I always love those. So that's why I just love that little, my little toolbox. And then the first gen, the second and the third gens I have are awesome, but I just like that first gen because it's, it's almost like cloak and dagger because yep. you can unscrew the barrel and put it together yep. and, and you fold the, fold the uh, pistol grip. So yeah, my first gen tunnels toolbox that they won't be made anymore. I still got mine and I, it's still my home defense weapon. It sits in my closet. 300 blackout, man. Don't ever get rid of it. Don't nope. ever get rid of it. Yep. <laughs> nope. Yeah, mine, mine. I think really know me. My favorite that I ever shot. I, I still love the old Emperor, the old MP5. Oh Those yeah, things, yeah. It's phenomenal. I mean, literally no muzzle rise. Well, I mean, it was so just, it was just it's, so good. It's so, it was so fun. I, I and, and I like the semi-automatics. Don't get me wrong, but if you've never shot a full automatic MP5, people just don't know how awesome that thing really is. It is. I love it, is. Thing. And it just doesn't move. I, we had to qualify on those for GRS because when we had to yep. time, that's what we were carrying. If we had to go out, we put it. I put one in a computer bag and go out with it. Yep. That was one of the qual. And it was so. It was like, are you serious? I got to qualify with it. Okay. Just turn my head. Yeah. It's exactly. It, it's it's literally a point and shoot. I mean, it's it one is. of those. It is a point and shoot weapon system. It really it's is. Awesome. It's awesome. And still, you and you can still feel cool when you hit the. Yeah. You got, you, you got to get the old the old MP slap. You know, and here we go. <laughs> and I feel like Steven Seagal and hard to. Kill. I still. So I've got one over here, and it's it's. And it's a MP5 replica, but it's it's chambered in 22 LR. Oh wow! And I love I love because you can just go plink with it all day long, and it's just awesome. It's oh, it's great. That's awesome. All right, what was your first car? Uh, first car I had the Banana Mobile. It's called the Banana Mobile. It was a old 
Toyota Celica. I don't even remember the year it was okay. made, 70s or 80s, but it was banana yellow yeah. around the outside. And then the top had a leather, it was, it must have been like a leather or a pleather top on mm -hmm. a hard top, but that had since been tore off. So it was brown. <laughs> so it was a little brown, a yellow, yellow Celica Toyota with a brown top, but I had a cool ass sound system in it. You know, so That's all that matters. You know, so I put Ice T in there, Ryan Pace, and colors. Man, I was listening to gangster rap and Rufus. <laughs> yeah, one of the I was one of those kids, those hooligans with a cool stereo in it, and the car is worth about a tenth what the stereo. Was. Oh, absolutely, because <laughs> the, the sound system was all that mattered. All it's that all matters. that mattered. Absolutely. So we called it the Banana Mobile. I had the Banana Mobile. My buddy had the brown had the brown cloud because it was a brown shit looking looking uh, uh wagon wagon here. Brown cloud and the Banana Mobile. That's I love it. I love it. Oh Lord. Um, favorite superhero. Uh, my favorite's Iron Man. I like Iron Man on the Marvel Universe and Batman on the DC Universe. And yep. I do. I'm big into comics. I love both. The reason yep. being is because they're they have no super superpowers. They're just right. smart and confident, and they don't give a shit, and they talk trash. Yep. But honestly, and and, and you know, on, in both movies, they're the ones that honestly are willing to sacrifice themselves the most. So no, I I don't like I like it just because they're both human. That's why I yep. like their and they're but they're still probably the two strongest, toughest superheroes out there. And and yeah. Batman and Iron Man don't give a shit. That's they don't, and, and that's why Batman's mine. I, I, I you know, you, you gotta love the Batman yeah. side of things. You know, you yep. got gotcha. you. We're there, babe. Yep. Um, <laughs> let's see here. All right, if you could play out movie characters, any movie of all time, TV or movie, whatever, any character that you could play out in real life, who would it be? Um, uh, either Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, because I, 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 man, just be that dude. Just, so, yeah. Who ordered the pizza? And then, uh, or, or Val Kilmer, Kilmer and Real Genius. Because I Ooh, love, a, oh, I absolutely. Love it's because they had the, I like. It's some great one-liners in there. What's that? They had some great one-liners in that. That's why I love Real Genius, because he had the best one-liners, super intelligent. Again, another guy, just super smart. Doesn't give a shit. Smarter than everybody yep. in the room, and, but deep down, just a heart. He really, he he had a heart of, heart of gold, and, and he did. And, and the Spicoli thing, just because it's Spicoli, man. It's just I don't who know. Who doesn't? I mean, honestly, I think we all want part of our heart wants to be able to go serve. Yeah. And, and and have a VW van and not care about anything. Not care about anything. Just some Nothing. tasty waves, bud. That's all. That's right. So ordering pizza, two. ordering pizza in high school. I never tried that, but I should have. I mean, that would have been I, so yeah, great. I, I, I should have. Too. I never did. I didn't have the balls. Maybe that's the thing that I, I have the balls to do it, or just the stupidity. To do it. Or just stupidity, the ignorance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the final one is is a very controversial topic. So, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But okay. is a is a hot dog a sandwich? No, hot dog's a hot dog. There's just a thank hot you. Dog. There's just, there's yeah, no sandwiches you need. It's it's two pieces of bread and a hot dog is not a sandwich. But yeah, there are it's people who think it's a sandwich. Who who said that? Whoever said? Oh, that? there's this whole there's this whole movement that hot dogs are sandwiches and that Slim Jims are candy bars. Come on, Slim Jims is cheap man's beef jerky, it's and funny. then a hot dog is. A hot dog stands on its own. A hot dog is a hot. A dog. hot dog and a hamburger. You don't find them. They they have their so, own 
on a menu, it's, it says hot dog. Their own section. Exactly. That's right. You don't lump stuff. Yeah, right. move, we got movements for every damn thing in today's society. There's always a movement for something. You, you can't say anything these days without pissing somebody off. There, you know, I, I want to have a movement to stop movements. Let's do that. I like that. I like that. I'm in. I'm in. All right. So uh, those are fun. Those, like I said, just kind of get the blood flowing and all that. Kind of get people to kind of know the humanistic side of our warriors that we talk to all the time. Um, but we're going to go in real quick and, and talk about your military and, and not your military, your background. Like, okay. you know, you don't have to talk about your childhood growing up. But what we're asking is, is what kind of led you? Had you always wanted to be yeah. in the army or be a ranger? What led you to join the military? No, I, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I mean, my, my great, uh, my grandfather on my dad's side was a pilot. Uh, I was, I'm sorry. He was on the crew of a, of a bomber, B2 bomber, and he, B52, I'm sorry, was shot down. I never knew him, um, uh, but I did have his purple. My dad had his purple heart, so I got to see that. Nice. And I thought that, but I still didn't really know what that what that meant. I just because I was growing up. Um, no, I, I I played college. I always had some goals in mind. I always was was goal oriented. My dad was a football coach in college. I played football all the way through high school and college. And even then, you know, in sports, I think sports are great. I think kids should play any sports because it does give you the teamwork. It gives right. you an idea of what a goal, what goal setting is, and and how hard you have to work to get to those goals as an individual, but as a team. So when I left college, and I, you know, I, I still had that mindset of, of team. You know, I got to be a team. There's still something out there physically active still. And um, I just, uh, I, I, I'm a recruiter, saw sucker on my forehead and started talking to me. And um, he just got to me first. So, um, uh, and, and, you know, he showed me the cool recruiting video, Ranger, 75th Ranger Regiment video. Uh, hey, you need to be a ranger. Show me one. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Jumping out of planes, blowing stuff up, and shooting machine guns. Yeah, I, you know they don't show you the shit. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, they don't show you the awful parts. Um, but uh, but I, I that's where it was. It was just it, it you know it had a lot to do with my upbringing with uh, and, and being physically active. You know, kids kids. You know, we grew up. I'm in my fifties now. I grew up. I lived out in the country. You know, riding motorbikes, chasing and catching horny toads, horn frogs. Oh yeah, went oh, in yeah. Southern Colorado, and and growing up on the river and shooting shooting carp when they came up to feed in the fall, and you know, and with and it's it's a so it, it just wasn't a stretch for me. Oh, what's what's the next? I really don't want to sit in a cubicle, right? I'm not ready for nine to five. What can I do? And I I enlisted, and and I you know I I ended up two stints in the military because I screwed up the first time. I was able to get an honorable discharge out, and then I. Went back in two years later, did it all over again, uh, basic and airborne and, and Ranger in dock and went back to 75th Ranger Regiment. And uh, but it all starts, I think, it all started with my grandfather and my father. Grandfather was a farmer that was an immigrant from Mexico. And he always taught us, you just work your ass off, work hard. Things are going to go well for you and have a purpose in your life. And that was to me. And, you know, you see the Ranger video. I know you've seen the Marine videos and you seals out there. They do the seal challenge PJs. There's a romanticism that you see in it. Yes. There it is in the movies, and that's great. Movies, you should have that because it's it's it is a romantic life. It is if you when I look back at it now, I'm like, man, being in these countries that people make movies out of, and literally I, I, they're portrayed in a movie. And I can say, you know, you, you know things that 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 yeah, that and even the ones that the people that didn't see it's still stuff that that movies are made of. There is a romanticism. Yeah. In the military and there should be because it's a tough job and there should be some reward and if that reward is just 
hey man, I, I attained what I want to do, self-satisfaction, and that's that's good enough. It doesn't have to be a movie. But any anyway, that's that was the route. And it was because of just the just being raised with with the mental toughness and and hey, my dad always telling me to get off fault that horse, get back on it, try again. Well, where could I be challenged that I might fail in the future? And I, well, what special operations community? Uh, let's let's see you know, if I can do it. It's interesting because um, I, I didn't. Uh, I told you this is. I didn't. I joined the Marine Corps because I got. Unfortunately, I was in school and got bad into drugs yeah. and alcohol yeah. and all that, and, and I knew I needed to get out. Um, I joined the Marine Corps because I said, if I'm going to go join the military, I want to go and challenge myself. And I always heard the Marine Corps was the hardest and all that. Whether well, not the truth or not, but in my yeah. mind, I said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm doing this. And I think that if you, when you hear and you talk to different warriors and all that from whatever branch, I think that that's a common thread is they're looking for something to challenge them in life yes. and not yep. be bored. And that's, 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 that's odd. People still think that's odd, but it's not. If you have the mentality of, I'm the guy that if I'm playing marbles or dominoes with you, I'm going to cut your throat yep. to beat you. I'm just that guy. You know, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm ultra competitive. So I, I push myself. I want to be pushed and all that. But I find that as a common trait with a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. you were talking about Ranger School. And I know there's probably things that you can't talk about. But for the people that are interested in going to the 75th Ranger Regiment, uh, going to Benning and going to Ranger School and all that, can you kind of give a little background or info into um, Ranger School is, is, is looked at as one of the top two or three hardest things in the military to sure, do sure can you kind of go into the process and yeah, what yeah. ranger school is like and there's nothing classified about ranger school you can google it and there's more information on the army perscom website and and then the rtb website than than i could probably even tell you but you know ranger school i equate it in that if you compare the two because it's different ranger school is not going to 75th ranger regiment it's right. ranger, ranger qualified the, the ranger indoctrination or rasp is now it's ranger assessment and selection getting your scroll and your tambourine, that's going to regiment. If you want to stay at Ranger Regiment, you have to have both. You can go in as a private, get the RASP, have, be an untabbed private there. You're a peon, you're a shit on, you haven't got your tab yet. Then eventually you go prove yourself because it is, it's for leadership. You have to prove yourself that you can become a team, prove to your leadership, I'm sorry, uh, that you can become a team leader and then they shoot you off to Ranger School to get your, really you're moving from your private phase into your NCO phase. And right. um, Ranger School, to me, it, it, if you compare the two, RIP, when I went through, it was called RIP. RIP's like getting punched in the face really fucking hard right. <laughs> from Mike Tyson. Um, All day, like, every day. It, 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 <laughs> but Ranger School is just, a, it's like a drip, drip, just in mm. the same spot that eventually just annoys the shit at you and then eventually becomes sore. It's just like you just tap it on me for, uh, you know, three months. In yep. the same spot, over and over, the same spot. it becomes annoying, and eventually it's going to hurt. But in the initially, it's like, oh, I say nothing. Um, so what I tell people if you're going to ranger school is just prepare yourself mentally, because it is. It's a, it's just a suck game that you just have to continue to get up and keep doing again. The, the pain, yeah, there's some physically hard stuff. Yeah, you're walking up mountains with rucksacks. You're you're mm -hmm. doing your PT tests. You're you know, you're doing your five mile runs, your ranger stakes at the beginning. You're you're, you're moving around, um, uh, doing land navigation, falling on your face and stuff, but but it, everybody physically can make ranger school if you're there because you can carry it up. Your body, it's a mental game. Your body's going to get used to it as long as your mind just doesn't quit. I don't tell you, as long as you don't quit, you're going to make it. They're going, and if they see that, they even if you suck, and I, 
I don't know how bad, how good they are on their graders anymore on the lane graders. I think they may fudge yeah. a little bit. I don't know. It's been a long time, but uh, you know, you will pass. They're going to get you pass on your lanes if you don't quit. Yes, you may have to recycle and learn how to do patrolling again, but they'll keep recycling you until there, as long as you want to be there. And I just tell you, as long as you don't, as long as you want to stay and you don't want to leave and they see that the RIs, you're going to stay. You may be recycled two or three times, but you're, you're going to stay and they're going to get you through. Um, but yeah, you, you do have to be physically strong and you have to be able to, to handle that tick. You got to be able to handle the tick on your back. You got to be able to ruck. And then I, you know, we were lucky. Um, and we had some recon guys come through our pre-ranger, you know, the special. We actually, my unit actually got in, in, invited to him. So yeah. when we came back, we went through Seer over in Mount Fuji, in Camp Fuji, yeah. Japan. We actually had some guys from the 75th go through our Seer program Seer, yeah. and they invited us to go to ranger school over in Benning. Yeah. I cycled back into the States before, but my unit actually did go there and, and train. I just cycled back with another unit in, 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 in California. Would have loved to have done that. Well, and that's the thing, the cross-training with the SOCOM community is that you do. You prep, and we have our same schools and and mm -hmm. and, uh, and the pre-ranger train-up. So you, you go if you come from Ranger Battalion, you pretty much know patrolling. You, you do. You yeah. know your infantry basics. You do. But a lot of the units don't or guys come in that have no infantry background that don't. Um, they do their own pre-ranger, but if you're within SOCOM, you come through 75th Ranger, pre-ranger, which is three weeks, and you learn the patrolling phases of it. Um, I, I, all I tell you is, is, is learn your basic infantry tactics before you get there, and just know how to lead, lead under immense pressure. It is, and it's just not yelling at people, telling them what to do, yeah. but leading by example. Um, knowing your op orders, get in the Ranger handbook, get one and just learn it for the back of your hand. Because that's a, you can refer to that constantly. When an RI asks yeah. you a question, you can pull out your Ranger handbook. And if you don't know the answer and find the answer, and they're going to look at that like, okay, good job, good job. They don't expect you to know things off the top of your head because you don't yet. You, you don't, you're, not that, you're not that inclined in the in infantry tactics yet because you're an E4 or an E5. Uh, or, I'm sorry, E3 or E4. So well, we do have E5s and E7s that go through too that aren't from range of battalion. All I'm saying is just, just be ready to embrace the suck. Just be ready to, yep. to be miserable. But on the on the uh, on the objective side, on the quantitative side, yeah, lead your ranger handbook. Learn small unit tactics. Know how to assault yes. a bunker. Know how to do uh, know how to do a, a you know assault and objectives. Know what. A support element is know what the assault element is know those things and then know how to know how to write an op order and you'll be good Great. to go I, yeah so um i wish I could say, yeah, it, it just, yeah. it, but it really is just just don't quit if you don't quit you're gonna make it yeah i i, I tell people all the time that ask me you know different schools that we went through and all of that and i say well first of all whether it's boot camp or it's any of your schooling or training whatever understand that the they're not they're not trying to kill you they're not yeah. going to kill you they're making you better yeah. um so if you go with the mentality of i'm not going to die i embrace like you said embrace we say and it's just all across all brands embrace the suck is is true that's why we say welcome to the suck you know yeah. is yeah. what it is um but i think a lot of it comes down to also enjoy the experience because yeah. You, if you take the big picture and you get to jump out of helicopters or planes, you get to repel, you get to fast rope, you get to spy rig, you get to do close quarter combat, you get to do hand-to-hand, -hand, all this stuff that they're teaching you. If you think about my buddy back home, 
he's never going to get to experience any of this stuff. So enjoy yeah. it while you're doing it because it that's where the stories come from 20 years later. I, and, and I, I, you know, there, I have a story from that of, of climbing up where we were going up. Uh, um, you're going up the side of a cliff face. It's a mountain face and it's in the wintertime. It's getting cold, but it's a crystal crisp blue sky out. Um, we're, we're, we're learning how to do, or learning how to repel and we're learning how to mm -hmm. climb up mountains with rope, rope climb up, up mountain right. cliff faces. And, um, I got to the top. When you get to the top, you, you make sure you, you either have a bullet at the bottom or you got somebody's on bullet. But then you have a guy on the top that's watching for the guy coming up just in case he falls or something happens where you can still grab a rope. I don't know what I'd do. Right. It, but I he might be hanging there, but he's okay. You know? Okay. <laughs> but I remember I got up on my turn, so I'm climbed up, and I was tired. And it's cold, and all we had was those green woolies. And those green Oh, woolies, your hands are chewed up. Yeah. Because they suck all the moisture out of them, yep. and it's freezing. So all my fingers look like ballpark Franks that have been in the microwave yep. for long. You know, and they're all, but I remember I was sitting up there and taking a moment and just looking out in Dahlonega. So we're on the top of, uh, we're, we're at uh, Mountain Face. So it's, I believe it's, I could be wrong. I think it's Rudder. Guys, forgive me if I'm wrong. If, I, if it's not Rudder, Rudder might be Florida Face. But I know I'm on Mountain Face up top, looking over Dahlonega and the valley and the mountains out there in Georgia, in North Georgia, and at the blue sky and like thinking, and it was gorgeous. Dude. I still, it was just yeah. beautiful. And I'm thinking, man, I wish I was thinking, about, man, I wish I was here in a different element or different conditions yeah. where I could go fishing right now. But I still remember how wonderfully beautiful it was. And it was even with the RIs yelling down at everybody because we have three climbers going at the same time. It still was very serene. So, yeah. yeah. And, that, you know, I, where would I have gotten that if it wasn't there? And even all those under extraneous circumstances was now I can yeah. enjoy. I thought that was man, my, my hands were, were toast, but that was part of the enjoyment of it. I can look back at it now going. That was a hell of an experience. Wow. What yeah, a, what and, a and, and when you got done with stuff like that, you, you leave that and going, if I can get through that, that yep. and yep. everything else. And what people don't understand is when we're doing our training, we're doing our workups and we're going to different schools, they're going to make it 10 times harder than the real thing for a reason. If yep. you can get through the training side of things, the real thing, because what you, what they want is for you to go through hell to build up. Yeah. So at that point you're just reacting. And you, yeah, and you don't yeah. think, and that's and so the, that's where the fun is. It's also the, where the hard part is, but that's part of it. It's supposed to be hard. You have to you it have is. to increase the duress on your training. So when you need to rise to that level, if you haven't trained or been through a situation that you have to that you've risen to that level, you're not going yeah. to. I tell corporate, I do I do a lot of corporate speaking now, which is actually very therapeutic for me. I enjoy it now. Sure. Um, but I always tell corporate leaders, if you're training your people to be here. They're not going to reach here when their situation calls for it. They're going to stay right there. If you want your trainees to reach up here or your people, your coworkers, even yourself, you have to train far and above the standard to the point of even being discomfort and maybe yep. even a little pain. But when the crap hits the fan and you're under duress, those habit-forming movements, you will get up to there without thinking Absolutely. about it. Um, and you always are thinking, but you know, people are you're thinking quickly. But don't expect your people to rise to the occasion when you've already trained them down here. And that's why the training is so hard and important. And that's why people do quit. Some people just, they, and it's nothing wrong if they're just not cut out for it. That's okay because if you're not cut out for it, I don't want you over there protecting my six when bullets start flying. You have to, you have to weed and the, and the cream does rise to the top. It doesn't make you a bad person if you don't make it. You can always try again. That's another thing, too, is you can, oh, I, like me, for example, I tried again. I got booted out of the military first time I was in. 
it gave me the chance to try and do it again. It sucked. I had to do it all over again, but mm -hmm. I still had that option to do it. And I think it did help me even in Benghazi that night to not give up. Even even then, that's an example. Like I ain't going to give up because I did the exact same thing you said. I look back at some of those things I'd gone through at Ranger School, getting booted out of the military, the 10 years of contracting before I even got to Benghazi. I went, I've been through this shit before. I can do this stuff again. It's the same thing. That's why you want to get pushed. You want to get hate. You want to get hazed sometimes. Yeah, Corporate leaders absolutely. don't hate your people. They'll, they'll throw you up on, on an EO complaint. Don't do that, man. It's, but in the military, and so, yes, you do want to get scuffed up because the, the blanket parties were real, but the blanket parties were there to make that person better. It, it, it raised the, it, it yeah. the bar or it weeds them out, which is fine. This just, you just, it, it raises the bar for the unit. If, if they weed them out, it is what it is. It You're exactly right. No, I, I agree. And sorry, sorry, not sorry guys. That's the truth. And that's, that's how it should be. That's how it should be in every facet of our life. You should always want to raise to the levels of excellence that maybe I'll never have to do that again. I know if I have to reach there, I can't because I've done it and I've been trained to do it or I've been through the experience and I know I've met that I can do it again because your brain is so powerful, brother, as you know, your brain will tell your body it can't do it way before your body can, way before your body stops. If you get your brain trained and say, I can do it, I can do it. I'm not going to quit. I can keep going. You will keep going. Yep. Before we kind of move on, I want to kind of go in. We always do this. And, guys, if you're a veteran out there, anyone, but especially a veteran, and you're in that dark hole and, and you can't find the light, and honestly, you're questioning if there is a light out there, first of all, please contact me, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I'm always here to help. I can't give you medical advice, but I can sure as hell maybe be an ear to listen and to help you talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for medical advice or someone that can push you into that, um, please understand two things real quick. One, you are not alone in this battle. There's a lot of brothers and sisters out there that have been there, done that, are willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, if you're out there and you're looking for that light, looking for that help, contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255 is the Veteran Crisis Hotline. And we're going to spotlight, because this is a Jarhead podcast. If you want to learn more about what it takes to earn the title of Marine, check out Marines.com. But since we do have an Army dog with us, we're going to sit there and say, go check out GoArmy.com as well. Uh, all the branches are wonderful. Uh, I, I think that the Air Force, and we, we make fun. I think everyone makes fun of the Air, the Air Force. We call them Air, uh, Flyboys or the Chair Force or whatever. But if you've never been around a PJ. Yeah. PJs are straight up legit. So, uh, mad respect for everyone who served, Coast Guard as well, National Guard. If you took that oath and you put a uniform on, you got mad respect and all of that. Um, so, I want to talk real quick about whether it was a ranger school or boot camp or whatever. Everyone at CERT has got that, eventually has that oh shit moment like, this is real. It's happening, and there's no going back from here. I, I, I'm here. Yeah. Did you ever have that oh shit moment? You know, the realization hits me like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> I, I, yeah, and it wasn't a combat-related moment either. It wasn't where I was unsafe. It wasn't a car bomb. And granted, I remember those very well. The first time, first time I got shot at. The first time a car bomb blew up. First time an ID went off. Then I was close enough to see it and even feel the concussion. But my really my first oh shit moment was getting off the plane 
my first trip as a contractor with Blackwater, getting off the civilian plane. You know, you're coming as a civilian. You're not flying in uh, as, a, as a military personnel. Um, and being at Biop, being in Baghdad at that time, and it was 04, I believe, 04, 03. Yeah, it was 03. It was 03. And I remember, you know, things were already tore up because the invasion already happened. You know, now we're just, we're now people are just starting to pile in. And I'm on my own. You know, I wasn't used to that because you always had, your army, I was always at Rangers or my or my army buddies around me. So you go in as a team, as a unit. You you didn't. I'm in there by myself, looking around. I'm in the garage, a parking garage. I'm supposed to meet somebody to pick me up in the parking garage. Um, at Bio. That's your name. You know, you know, and there's you know, and, you know it, it, the the, the Bio had no electricity. You know, there's no air conditioning. It, it's it is very surreal. It was. It was like, oh, man, this is what. It, this is what it looks like when 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 whole cities get dismantled and there's no no there's no infrastructure which you know now I know that's how it is but at the time I didn't right. know and the thing is as what got me is I was I was on my own I had no clue I had very little information of what I needed to do who I needed to meet and I'm down in this in this parking garage by myself there are Iraqis around um, and you know they're not catching flights they're there and I don't know if they're good iraq because yeah. they all have guns it's it's not like yeah it's not like they're they're waiting for delta to fly them to Abu yeah people don't realize so. they don't wear uniforms in this yeah. war guys <laughs> there are no uniforms yeah and that's my first experience really with the man jammies and yeah you know, I'm, I'm immersed like oh shit i'm here and then a guy comes out and, and it was a blackwater guy from the team i said had been there for uh been there for a while he was that was his job i didn't know that was an actual job there to pick people up at the airport from the contracting companies but that was his job. I, you know, I do know that now because that was I. I got to do that every once in a while. But he walked up to me, and bro, I didn't even know it. I was, I was, I was, I was like this. The adrenaline was yeah. so fucking spiked, and there's nothing right. going on. Yeah. And I remember I mean, he hands me an M4. He hands me a magazine, <laughs> and I remember I tried to put the magazine in the magwell, and it dropped twice. And I remember he looked at me and he goes, "You sure you're a ranger?" <laughs> like holy shit and that was really my oh shit moment of Ugh. oh this is this is this contracting stuff is for real because no there was brand new nobody really knew what a contractor yeah. was nobody could tell me i didn't know i just thought it was still sort of military so i'm used to doing stuff with 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 my brothers around me or there's infrastructure you know the, the, the commanders have already got it set up so you're going out and trucking out on humvees or deuce and a half or whatever or you're getting on a helo and you're flying, you're landing in an LZ in a base. This was meeting somebody in a parking garage that there are no Americans around. I'm straight up American. I got no ammo, no weapons, nothing. And this guy's supposed to meet me. It, it reminded me of trading places where I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the Duke brothers, and you got Biggs over there, which is Eddie Murphy hiding in the shadows and just peeks out of the shadows. And yeah. hey, are you are you Chris? Are you Chris? Are you the Toronto guy? Yeah. And we jumped in a truck a light-skinned Hilux, and we shot down by him. And yep. I had body armor on. I took it. He gave me body armor. I, it was it didn't fit me, so I took it sure. off. I hung it out the window. I didn't know because that's what he did. He's just like, yeah, yeah you, you probably want to put that outside the window, just hang it on the side there, and just shot down by up. And, yep. uh, and it was like uh, that, by the time we got on by up, though, the, the adrenaline went from the oh shit to holy shit, this is fucking awesome. And it's on, and it was that was my that was again. I feel like oh, it's a blown up time. No, honestly, by when all that started to happen, and I thank God for it. 
I had already got my feet wet and I'd been in country for a while before something tried to kill me. Yes, there was stuff going on all over in the city. And sure. it's awesome to watch an Apache gunship do a gun run over Sauter City when you're hiding on the top of the building. It's awesome to see a, a, a light armor vehicle with a grenade thrown behind it. Heart, it's awesome to see it come back. Nobody dead, but see the, yeah. see the, see the, uh, what it does to a vehicle. But Those yeah. LEDs were strong and tough, man, but they probably took a beating over there. Yeah, they, they did. They did. And, they, and they, the bad guys, the terrorists, hey, they're not dumb. They figure out. Yep. They know how to get to us. And But that was my oh shit where, okay, I'm, I'm in it now. What? And uh, mm. this is, yeah, this isn't Army Ranger. This isn't Army stuff. You're, we're Wild West. It's Wild West. It felt like the fucking yeah. Wild West. It was, it was awesome. And I know that you and I were talking, um, I don't know when it was, a few months ago we were talking, and I think that my best friend from the Marine Corps got out and was with Blackwater and yeah. CJ. I think that you guys actually yeah. knew each other, and yeah. uh, he was there. He, I think he was getting ready to get out of Blackwater as you were kind of coming. He crossed paths for a little Wait, bit. Because I, I I, they were, I don't know how long that he stayed in. He may, or he may have been gone to another contract as well. Because there was maybe, a yeah. different contract. I think that's what he did is he was, he was, I was getting on the CPA contract and yeah. he was going to IRI or SSI, but it, but it was just, just a, just same company, different, different contracts. Yeah. They were living in a different house than I was. And, yeah. but it, it still was still with Black, Blackwater, a lot of stuff going on over there at that time. This is before Blackwater became yeah. Yeah. Blackwater. So this, uh, yeah, this was, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, yeah, it was just one of those things. Um, yeah, it was just kind of cool, a small worlds, yeah. you know, and all of that. Um, so, yeah, um, when you were in the Rangers, was this before the contract? When you were in the Rangers, did you have a primary MOS or primary mission is what your job was, or do you kind of had to learn everything? Everything. No, I mean, you're, you're every, every Ranger at that time they went in. You're eleven Bravo, which is infantry. Next. You're your infantry. You're, you're light infantry. Um, and then you can go off and shoot off the different areas where uh, you can go be specialized in mortars or you can go specialize in the Gustav or, spe and you know, I stayed up, I oh, know I specialized in the line and then also weapons, which was the 240 Bravo. So I, I was a machine gun and then yeah, that that's an awesome, awesome weapon system. Thank you guys for making that. It's your gun. And then, um, <laughs> and then, then, you know, and then transferring to the line, which was room clear. So yeah. um, I know that, and that's generally what most Rangers do is they, they, they do that. And, I was always infantry and you're always light infantry and, and you know, you are, and me being a ranger at that time, we are, we're the special ops bullet catchers, dude. If, bull, if blue or green needs somebody to block for them or protect them while they were assaulted, that was our job. And yeah. um, granted, it's, it's the rangers I, and I, rangers are so much more advanced than I was when I was in because a lot of those high value targets weren't high value target enough during OEF and OIF for green and blue. So the red, so red rangers started to pick them up. Now rangers can hold their own on the room clearing and get high value targets, but that is still essentially part of our job. It's either CSAR mission, combat search and rescue, when blue's down, uh, Roberts Ridge is a perfect example for that, and that was one of our main jobs, or blocking for green or being the QRF element for green, which Yep. Uh, you know, and, and I think Marcus Luttrell, great guy. Marcus know, will know. say that you guys that came in to get him on Red Wings, those were all Rangers, and he yeah, said, right. I, "I got a special place in my heart for the Rangers and and all of that." So, and that's and you know, and, he, and he's right because he he's when we come in, that's that's one of our jobs. We are that cracked QRF element, and we're coming in with everything. There's we're not coming in light. We're coming in 
full rangers, full squad of rangers, full platoon of rangers, specter gunships, daps on station, little birds if you can get you're, out. You're bringing, you're bringing the noise. We're bringing when it. You and that's what in. I love about rangers. Mm -hmm. it, there was no, there was no apprehending anybody. It was yeah. we're going in there to either direct action and destroy and kill everything on the objective, aside from the eagles that are on there, the good guys. Or sure. we're blocking, and anybody that's trying to get into our eagles, we're going to kill or destroy or blow up. <laughs> and that's what I did love about the Rangers. There's no confusion on the mission. The mission is we're going to kick the shit out of you. That's it. Bottom line. And then when we're done, we get to leave. And then, yeah. you know, then, then, then the paratroopers or 25th can come in and sit on the objective, which is another wonderful thing about being a Ranger is that we don't have to yeah. hold, we don't have the manpower to hold a place. We'll come in and beat the shit out of it and kill whoever you want us to kill. And then if somebody needs to hold it, well, they got to bring a bigger element in there, whether it's 82nd Arm first, or maybe yeah. even a division uh, from the Corps to come in yeah. and do it. But that was what was awesome about being a Ranger as well is that that's part of the, the miserable part of, of war is that holding an objective and sitting on it after the action's taking place where it's like, no, we're in, we're out. All right, let's go to the next That's one. the thing that we were in my unit in the Corps. We were, we were there for a week, two weeks, maybe three. We go jump to somewhere else, be there for a week, a two or three. Didn't have to worry about. We never got comfortable in our Quonset huts inside the wire. We never, like, we never unpacked. You know, if you want to say that's, that. That's a good thing about. That's a good thing yeah. about that. Or that the special. And that's why I tell guys, if you're going to go in, go in the SOCOM community, um, yeah. because that's where you're going to be the busiest. You're going to. You're. It's going to be less boring. Which military life, you know, nine percent of it is boring. Um, but it's yeah. also you you are seeing and moving from place to place and that's what you want to do you want to get in get out get in get out get in get out yeah. not get in and sit and become stale and become a target and 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 which eventually you eventually do you know as good as i do and guys that have served especially in afghanistan know you sit in an area long enough eventually you're, you're going to become a target and yeah. and, and camp restepo is one of the one of the perfect examples of that where yeah they, they just got demolished because and not demolished they fought their asses off but right you know, they were in a place they were undermanned and they were there forever everybody knew they were there and they got hammered hard but those guys they did an amazing job kudos to those guys they i mean i we had a rough in benghazi those yeah. guys had it rougher than we did and they had a good movie made off if you want to watch it on netflix absolutely the tremendous they did a tremendous job as well yeah, um, we'll move on to the Benghazi. We'll touch on guys. I think everyone wants to hear a little bit about Benghazi. But you were talking about blues and greens, and what people don't realize is um, the, the Reds, Rangers, blue or seals, green berets. You know, everyone's kind of got their color designation. So if you're out there and you're not sure what the hell he was talking about when saying we got to go rescue a blue or a block or green, those are other elements that yes. all work with under the same flag. So yes, it's just yeah, that's, that's what people need to understand that the colors actually. Um, it's easier to sit there and say seals or berets or whatever. It, it, it's the color designators yeah. that they have. So um, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. I forget to do that sometimes. I'm uh, it, it, it's it's well. It is weird because I get people commenting. What are the what, you know? What do they mean by this? Oh well, let me break it down to you real yeah. quick. Um, uh, terminology. Especially for civilians, don't get it sometimes. So I try to break it down a little bit. But with the damn, with the with the breakdown of the Google, with the Google, people can get in their Google. That's true. <laughs> That's true. What does blue mean when talking about special forces? And, and it's bam right in there. Opsec is, right there. is something of the fucking past, man. I, it, there is no opsec. I, 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 I you know, we were we were training. We were doing some. And this is no shit. This is in 
This is in December, November, December of 94. We're working up, getting ready to go to Mogadishu in January. And we're doing some beach stuff on I a base. And CNN fucking yeah, cameras right. were filming us, and our fucking colonel went batshit crazy on them. We're like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? What, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, we make fun of the offset part with the coast, but that's that's way over the line. And they do that, yeah. man. The news, they the news, uh, the news is terrible. Uh, and they, I really, our our enemies don't need an S two. They don't need an. They don't need an intel, man. They, no. they all they got to do is watch our local news, and they'll get all the intel they want. Not local news, but our mainstream news. They'll get every piece of info. Imaginable, and then is the thing it goes back to is the damn pe uh, officers at the Pentagon, dude. Stop going. Shut up. Stop talking. Shut, stop yeah. Talking shut up. There <laughs> in the media, it's always there was guys. there were stories that Saddam knew that the the I, original attack was coming. He was like, I, well, I, duh. Yeah. well, duh. Well, duh. One of his colonels is sleeping with the liaison from CNN, and they're talking doing bedroom talk. And hey, sorry, not sorry. Oh, oh sorry, not sorry. Oh, five and above, but it's the yeah. truth, and y'all know it. Y'all know it's what it is. It's what it is. So let, let's do if you if you want to briefly talk about being guys. I know sure. that you've covered this has been covered multiple times, but I want to kind of go into some of the stuff that is maybe not the general questions you get asked. Uh, you and I were talking a couple of years ago, I think up in Indy, and we were just bullshitting. And you said that by far that was the longest firefight that you were involved yeah. in, but not the craziest. Which is kind of weird to me to hear that um, because if I I I read a lot, but you see thirteen hours and it was crazy just the depiction of the movie, but people don't realize there's crazy stuff that happens all the time. So can you recall like the craziest the craziest you know, the, the, the craziest incident? Really, I, honestly, it it was. Yeah, and I actually I wrote a little bit about it. It wasn't a firefight. It was a, a bomb, an IED that went off. Then, then of course, firefight started, fire started to happen. But to me, I say crazy because it was probably my it was a learning experience where I where I I fucked up. I messed up. Um, and it wasn't Iraq. It was 05. And um, I, I said I, I did wrote about it in my third book, a little bit in the Patriots Creed because I I, I just I, it was a guy that did something right that I learned from. So when I say craziest. I should say craziest as being because I knew what to do. I just knew it was yeah. knew what's going. That one, I, I the whole atmosphere was crazy. But in your mind, it wasn't crazy time. It was, it was this. This is hey man. This is yeah. we know what we need to do. Let's go get it done. And my experience, and again the training, like we talked about before, the experiences, the getting up here, I was able to reach those mm -hmm. pinnacles up there because I'd been through it now by that time, and so I knew what to do. But oh five. And um, I remember, and the reason I remember it because uh, I remember watching these two little girls play all day. And it was towards the end of one of my trips. I had been there for about eight months at that time. And it was in the Monsoor district, of uh, which is uh, west. It's going towards Fallujah. That's going west, right? Help me out. East from Baghdad. I'm looking at a map or east. I wasn't there. I don't know. I, I was Baghdad, out by Baghdad then. Baghdad to the Ambar province. Yeah. Around 10. I, was, I was out by then. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Nowhere. Get to or didn't have to go over there. I don't know. I However, you want to look at it. West, since you're going west, but anyway, you're on the west side of the city. So basically, you're between the main city and Victory, and it's it's route. It's you're on route Cardinals. This is where the Monsoor District is. Is out in that area. Right. Well, I remember um, watching two little girls play all day, and to me, I, it felt like I was back home. You know, I, I've been sure. gone for a long time, but now I'm watching something normal in 
Baghdad. That's not normal, you know. Oh my gosh, kids are playing. They're just being themselves, and I, I still remember them being just them being happy. And I remember yeah. me being happy, going like, "Man, this is again another experience that you don't expect to find." That in a, five minutes of your life that you yeah. feel normal again. Yeah, normal. You did, and I remember again. Okay, so. The whole day was crazy because we kept having cars run at us. Um, the reason we and this was State Department. I was not CA at this time. I was working for Blackwater State Department contract, and um, I had a great team. Trima guys. I had this other ranger called Joe. Sp His name was Joe Spino. Still a great friend of mine from Third Bat. Well, he's he's my big guy. He's got the Mark Forty Six out there. Anybody that's coming near, I said, dude, dude, do not let anybody near these gates. You draw he's down on them. Yep. So he's out there. And, but he keeps telling me, he goes, he goes, and he's been with me since day one, too. We've been together, been on the same team for damn near almost a year at that time. And he keeps telling me, he goes, Chris, man, something's squirrely going on out here. And you, you get that feeling. Like, okay, something's squirrely. This is weird. All right. Well, I said, make a call. I said, well, we got two exits. What do you think, Joe? He goes, well, these cars have been running on me. There's a Mercedes that's sitting out there. I go, well, is it low? He goes, I can't really tell if it's sitting low or not. I'm asking if it's low because if it's full of IEDs. Wait, wait, wait absolutely. So he, goes, he goes, well, I, I can't tell, but it turned off to our back exit. Let's go ahead and take the front exit out. I recommend that. Let's let's deviate from the plan. It's like, all right, roger that. So let's deviate. And I'm the detail leaders, but I rely on my guys because they're they're they're, they're brilliant. They're, and I've been with them. I, I'm not, I, I want their advice because they've been there just as long as I have. They've seen just as much as I have, and I trust them. And I, I got my driver, Lucas Harvey, goes, right, I second that. Let's let's go out the same way we came in. Let's deviate from the plan a bit. So I roger that. Okay, advanced team, K-19, you guys are staying here. We're going to shoot out. I'm shooting out with our military guys. I was I was riding with, I had a company of uh, Minnesota National Guard guys that were attached to us. Okay. I said, I'm going to jump in the lead vehicle with the Minnesota Guard guys. We're going to go start blocking traffic. And you guys wait for my call while we head out. I mean, head out, yeah. And, and we, st we get about out to the circle it's about i would say less than a half a mile if not even that from the front gate we block it down you know that we you gotta lock these places down because we have a, a high value target with us the ambassador of iraq is my guy oh, wow. yeah and we, we got to get him out bam we got to shoot him out so we're blocking everything so he can just zoom out i got two little birds that came on station i go roger that i go dan laguna booger can you guys come in we need your cover because something's happening out here that's a little weird and he goes, Roger that. And they're Blackwater Little Birds. They're not military mm -hmm. Little Birds. They come in, they're, they're hovering. The right. Little black ones. The, the, yeah, the little Magnum PI, yeah. the little little yep. 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 Those things are badass, yeah, by the way. Like, and um, so they're up there. You know, I see I see the gunners up there. I see War Baby. I see uh, the other gunner. I can't remember his name up there. But they're they're circling. And um, I'm out there in the middle of the traffic, and I'm blocking traffic. And it's just getting chaotic. You know, it yeah. is. And, again, it's not a firefight. It's just... Just the just the situation, just the day is, is chaotic because now Iraqis are getting pissed because I'm blocking traffic. There's traffic everywhere in Baghdad, regardless. A military right. a military convoy comes through. Not my guys. They're coming yep. through a, a, a circle that I'm blocking. I let them go through, and um, as my team goes out, and I see my team, I say, "Roger that. You guys are clear." My team shoots out. They go through my circle and they take off. So I got sure. suburban. I got the bachelor's limo. I got another suburban. And then I got a trail vehicle in the back. So it zoom, zoom, and it's dude, it's beautiful. It's awesome. I mean, you're seeing the guys are awesome. People don't driving. know what, what, what people don't understand how tactical driving oh, and evasive. If you get guys that can do evasive driving in the same, oh, it is beautiful. It is beautiful, and they are they're traffic because they're right there. I mean, it's right there. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is. And it's, I, I get chills thinking about because like man, that's still one of those beautiful things you see 
watching guys that know what they mm -hmm. do. This is the ambassador's detail. I got the best guys that know what the I picked them. I you guys and so I know these guys know what they're doing. And then I hear boom, and I catch the overpressure, mm -hmm. and I look, and my advanced team is sitting still back at the compound because they're going to QRF the element. So if we get okay. hit, we got another QRF team. Coming. You're on standby, yeah. Roger that. And I'm with the military guys, so when the advanced team goes by, we jump in our Humvees, then we go, so we got a third QRF element as well. Because you know as good as I do, sometimes you need to bring the fucking heat and some of those ambushes. Yeah, bring it. Uh, solder, solder and Zakaw, uh, Zak, uh, what's his name? Zakawi? Zakawi. Zakawi, yeah. They didn't play. They didn't play. Yep. Well, it bows off, and I look, and it's right where my advanced team is. So first thing, I'm like, oh, fuck. And I hit on the radio. I go, I go, Don, you guys good? Um, Don Taylor, a former SF guy, was a leader of the advanced team. He goes, Roger that. We're good, but this is close. We're getting out of here. And oh, they wow. shot out. Well, everything went fine. Honestly, I, everything yeah. went fantastic as it should be. Sir, so you're a tunnel. Where's the chaos here? Well, it was control chaos. It went out. Everything's good. As I'm coming in and we're pulling in with my, as we're the last element, we, I get my military Humvee. We head in. One of the low birds bounces off and heads back. And, um, my brain is not thinking about little girls. It's not yeah. thinking about the military convoy that I let. You're through. locked in now. I'm yeah. locked into I'm tunnel vision. What's my mission? My mission is to get my team in, the ambassador safe home, call it a day. I'm not thinking outside the box of collateral damage. I'm not thinking out of the box of I just let a military Humvee team go through. They made a left. Uh, they made a left down towards where we were just at. That may have been the team that got hit because we went out the wrong gate. They were, and, mm. and uh, as it heads back, it's Dan Laguna. Dan has a lot more experience in country than me. He's been in combat before. He's a, he's a special right. operations aviation regiment pilot, which, you know, he's older than me too. A lot more experience. Well, he gets back. I still come in. I don't shoot my team back. I'm not thinking anything of that at all because my brain right. is just wrapped around what's going on. I'm just, my brain's going crazy. It is. It's, it's all over the place. Because I'm yeah. just thinking, get my mm. team in. I'm not thinking what I should be thinking of. Who else do we need to go help? And I remember I did see him an hour later. I, I didn't even think about it. I just let it go. And I was like, we're done. Done for the day. Good job. Good job, good job guys. Hey, good job. We came home today, guys. Well, I, Dan is sitting in one of the offices that I work in. I, know we have, I have a little office of detail. Uh, mm. And uh, he's sitting in there. And I look at him. And I was, I'm pissed at him. Because I'm like, dude, why the fuck did you leave without? And I said, what the fuck, dude? Why'd you leave? He goes, well, the other team got hit. I said, what other team? He goes, well, the, the military, there's a military convoy. He didn't know I let him through because there was a military convoy oh, okay. that got hit. And um, I said, where? He goes, at the back gate, the gate that we were supposed to come out of. And um, I said, well, shit. And uh, he goes, oh, also, no. he goes, he goes um, there was a little girl that got hit. I got her. I, I love, you know, and uh I go, one of the guys, he goes, one of the guys in the Humvee, so I'm asking what happened. He goes, well, the top turret guy in the Humvee got hit as well. And I got him and I got him to the cash, but the third little girl, I couldn't help because I couldn't, there's no more weight, there's no more room. And he goes, why didn't you come back? And that was just, to this day, that still sticks to me. I'm like, fuck. I mean, it right. was like cloud nine, everything great to, and then, holy shit, what a, I'm a fucking piece of shit. And it still yeah. bothered. I mean, I, honestly, I'm, yeah. It still bothers the shit out of me because yeah. it, it, it made me, and as far as chaos, so I tell people about chaos, chaos happens up in here. This is where it goes yes. crazy. That day, 
if that hadn't gone through that, and it, it still hurts because yeah, I could have said we, we could have got her to the cash. If I would have cut, I had Humvees. All I had to do was cut my Humvees. I had three of them with fucking 50 cows in the back of them. Go back. I wouldn't even think about the my army brothers that I let through. I, I mean, my brains, they, they got hit because we made the right call to come out the front gate. They just became a target of opportunity, got hammered and guys got hit and died because well, I made a, I made a call and then I made the wrong call not going to help out, but I learned from it. I learned sure. from that. So from there on out, I never thought of just the mission. I thought of, okay, mission, what else is going on around me? Where can I, where can I still find work? You know, like clearing rooms. Right. And that's where Magazi, where it was, yeah, I was still always finding work. It was never, we're good. Now, what else can we do? Well, who else do we need to help? Are we not going to help? Bullshit, we're not going to help. We're Bullshit, help. yeah, exactly. So yeah. that, was, to me, was when you asked me chaos, it wasn't the fire, because I, I really don't think there, I never really was in chaos when bullets or bombs were going yeah. off. Things just kind of focused. It was the chaos in my head that I was able to control after I fucked up, but somebody died because of it. And that, that yeah. hurt me. That really hurt. So that, that yeah. was my other chaos story that I just didn't have time to talk about in India. And honestly, it was hard at that time to talk about it too, because I, yeah, no, sure. I failed, I failed, failed. Something. No, I hear you. And, and thanks for talking about it now. I appreciate that. I mean, that, that brings a humanistic element to what people yeah. think of warriors. They think that they're just robots and, I mean, there's a human side to everybody, and, and you, yeah, you're always thinking about stuff. Um, when you were in Benghazi, and, and, and everything has been documented and all that, what I want to go into is what you were talking about. If, if you watch 13 Hours and, and you do all of that, when you get to Benghazi, you were there with – you were the only ranger there, but you were there with Marines and some other SEALs. How did – from a contractor side, coming from different elements, obviously you've been training a lot of the same kind of stuff, but was there a learning curve with terminology or with how you did everything? When we go through a CQB, it might be different than what you guys. Was there a learning curve? Is it just, hey, we're no, locked in? No, no, not really, because when you go through the GRS vetting course, they give you a terminology, so you, have okay. to, you all have the same terminology. But really, still up, clear, I'm good, green, red, blue. Everybody knows what you're talking yeah. about because we really are speak the same language. But GRS, yeah. there are certain GRS terms that you use that are specific to the job. So you don't have those little communication issues between inner services, between branches, between yeah. units. And um, <clears throat> and by that time, too, all of us had been GRS guys for quite a few, for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. So we all had it under our belts. All of us were older, so we knew that you know, we all didn't have to get along. We all didn't have to hang out together. Um, sure. Where, you know, it, it, you, the, the camaraderie is there regardless because we know the job. We know that what, it's going to take teamwork to help out in these things. But we don't have to hang out and be buddy-buddy together to make sure those things happen. That came with age and maturity. Yeah. So yeah. when we're – and that's – but that's that's a blessing because if we wouldn't have had the age and maturity that we did, the outcome probably would have been a little different because, because yeah. of that, we all – had our specific jobs to do and we all stayed in our lanes because we knew that I can trust this guy. He knows what the hell he's doing. I may not know him very well. He's doing the job long enough. If he did know what he was doing, he wouldn't be he here. Wouldn't be doing here. This job. Yeah. And he's 42 years old and he's was a master chief in the U S Navy, or he was an E six in the Corps, or like myself, yeah. I was an, I, sorry guys, but I did become an officer later. I was an officer in the army. You know, you got, right. you got, you know, you got guys that are 
when they get when they got out, they were damn cake eaters. I tell you, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, damn. Well, the um, but that thing is is all of us yeah. were senior, and and again, you just tell when you're around guys their mentality, the maturity levels. That yeah, we we know what the hell we're doing. But the the terminology stuff, that's a GRS terminology. Okay. We did have it where you had to learn it too, because when you went through the GRS vetting, if you didn't pass the mm-hmm. terminology stuff, well you didn't pass the course for that either. So it's something that we had to learn, but it was, it was awesome, brother. It was a perfect team to be there yep. that night, even though we'd all been together for 30 days. That's it. Yeah. As a team, as yeah. a team, all it's been contracting for a while, but that yeah. team, 30 days was it. Yeah. And it's one of those, if, if you guys, if you haven't seen the movie 13 hours or, or read the book or it's, it's phenomenal. The whole idea of what you guys went through um, both mentally, the physical side, obviously, but the mental side of one, the frustration of what yeah. the hell are we doing? First of all, like, why are we standing here? Yeah. Um, are there anything, and I don't know if you've been asked this before that weren't in the movie. Was there anything that wasn't depicted out there that always sticks in your mind? Is there like a smell or yeah. what, when you think of that night, what, what's the one thing that comes to your mind that, be kind of cool to hear you know the the just just the air that the tracers you can't depict you can't it's hard to show tracers in in movies it really yeah. is at least in ours you know you see the the night vision the bullets in the night vision that's that's pretty accurate but the, the tracers is what i remember at the beginning in the ir people don't realize the ir the is IR. used with vision and in you know and it is it's it, the ir is not used to lock in on target on someone yeah. it's for identifying you know, a lot of it is get, get that shot out, then then it goes off because yeah. if they do have night vision, that thing works both ways. It's just a point right. back at you. So you do have that ability to night vision, take the shot, let it off, or just point or or mark targets. You know, with, yep. with it. But uh, I remember the tracers at the beginning <clears throat> when I came out of my hooch and I saw the red and green going up in the air. And mm. from working in in Afghanistan and Iraq quite a bit prior to, and then I was in Sebha for a little bit in. In Libya before Benghazi, you know, they, the the damn Tobu tribes and stuff would be fighting yeah, sure. each other down there. It's it's an awesome sight to see, dude. I, I wish people, all people, could see that. And then here, you know, you're, <clears throat> there's a difference between just shots fired and a and a firefight and somebody who's doing an attack because right. it just just the reverberations <clears throat> and the firing of uh, of the of the weapon systems and the concentrated fire, and then the tracers going up. Yeah, yeah, I still remember. I still remember it, and I still remember going up in the sky that was clear, the stars up there. Yeah. And but then also seeing the the hazy glow of because by that time you know stuff they had already started to light the fire, fire and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. and then it just getting bigger and the embers and the glow and it's beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> it was how beautiful. And another where they showed it a bit, but when we climbed up in the top of the buildings, looking mm-hmm. down, because Boone and I thought we could get some suppressive fire from those buildings that we were climbing up, we cleared. Um, right. Looking down in there, I wish they would have took a longer picture of of seeing all that carnage because it was gorgeous, man. It's just yeah. it still resonates. The, the colors just pop. Um, smells, you know, it smells. We had the sheep farm slaughterhouse, so yeah, I still. No, that's there. true. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking like the gunpowder, the different, the different powders, and the different, you know, incendiary stuff that was going around. I didn't even think about having. The gunpowder, yeah, you, I, I really don't remember the, the powder smells. I remember the fire. Yeah. I remember the smell of yeah. the diesel smoke. I do remember yeah. that. But, but, you know, the, uh, 
yeah, the blast with the with the <clears throat> with the uh, with the gunpowder coming back or or what? You know, it, it didn't remember that. We I didn't yeah. I, I actually didn't even bother me. I, and I wasn't wearing hearing protection, so I remember the first few shots. You know, my hair, but then it I it took it all in stride. Didn't hurt anymore after that. I, I just remember what sticks with me more than anything is just how beautiful and the colors, how how much they pop and how much they yeah. pop that night. Oh, and the 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 uh, the thing you can't put in a movie the the massive heat. Yeah. Running into that building the first time I ran in through the doors when it was my turn to go go look for the ambassador, it was like I hit a wall of I just I hit a wall mm. of heat and I wasn't I wasn't ready for it I wasn't used to running into a fire of that magnitude, right. and and the diesel and uh, mm. it's like, bam I hit the wall and it felt like I was running into a pizza oven. And oh wow! It okay. was it was yeah so it's <clears throat> so yeah the, the, but the smells. Smells particularly. Yeah, I still remember the sheep and the 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 sheep shit. Yeah, and then also the um, yeah, just the smell of 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 rotting fucking meat all the time because that's a shit slaughterhouse in the middle yeah. of summer right there. Right in the middle of it yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> so See, I can't remember the movie. They had you either with a saw or a sixty. I think it was a saw. Was it not? Forty. It was a forty-six. Yeah. Mark oh yeah. Okay. It was a, it was so <laughs> so you. You, were you actually running the uh, the forty six in and real life, or yeah, just yeah, a, the yeah. Hollywood thing? No, I, I ran it a bit. We didn't have as much ammo as as the movie particularly okay. with that, so I switched back to the M four more often. But yeah, I did run it. And you know, being a you know Ranger is I know to run that thing, and, and it's it's so awesome. Did you have did you have Frankenstein with you then as well? No, no, no. Frankenstein no? never okay. take over. I I had that thing oh, okay. for training, and it's been retired. Um, we had. And they were very reliable weapons. They're, they're heavy now in comparison to stuff people make, but we had four sixteens sure. and so I was running HK. That thing ran beautifully. Um I never got a chance to run the four sixteen. Uh, we were using the old Colts and all that when I was in, but I heard everyone that says it ran the four sixteen was the greatest weapon of course the rifle. It was a great one. It's fantastic. Again, it doesn't gum up and, and it's just you know, it's just a little heavy with the rail systems they have on there at that time. But uh yeah, that forty six was was awesome. I, I, you know, you're thinking this is something you're thinking conserve ammo, conserve ammo. And now I'm thinking back now, man. Well, what if I die? What ammo would I have to conserve? So, I wish I would have ran it more. I really, really do wish I would have just ran the ammo out of that forty six. But it was, you, know, you get to that point where I, I can't run out because if we run out, we don't have it. What if I need it later? And yeah. we had plenty of M four ammo, so it was just yeah. stacks upon stacks on the uh, on the parapet wall where you just change mags and you keep shooting well and, and what most people don't realize is when when we get ready to go somewhere you take foreign weapons training and yeah. so we've shot the 47s the 74s yeah. if you have to go and pick up a 47 off of the ground you know how to run it so yeah. it is, it's one of those things where you at least have enough knowledge to pick up a 47 or 74 and be able to run yeah, it. So, and, and that was another wonderful contract. I got a, I taught Afghani's uh, AK-47, 74s, and Makaras. That was one of our yep. another contracts. Yeah, Makaras, man. I had one Afghani scratch his head with the muzzle. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, dude? Not that – but uh, but it was – you know, that that was another great contract, another great experience that I did in between GRS contracts is teaching Afghani NDS guys mm -hmm. weapon system, firearms training, which helped me. You know, it, it definitely helped me. Absolutely. Um, you know, you you alluded to becoming an officer later on, and we're going to talk 
Army lifetime right now. Uh, obviously, you were promoted several different times and obviously make an officer. But of all the ranks that you actually held, what was the one that the one rank that you were most proud of of being promoted to? E five. Always promoted. Yeah, yeah. You're always promoted. You. I, I think beginning a sergeant. Now I think looking back now, I I, I don't regret becoming an officer because I, I should. You know, I had the degrees I should have. That was where I should be. But I, I really I really do wish I would have stayed enlisted than going into the old ranks. I, I think that's your most proudest moment is when you get to your E5 is because you now you really have crossed that threshold of being a private to now I'm starting to get in leadership positions. So um, so that would be the most proud. I was proud. That, you know, I still got my officer, a commission officer, officer um, what is a memo from the President of the United States and SecDef's Asia yeah. are now our commission. And it's great. It's fantastic. But I still have my orders going to E5, and I still love looking at those. It makes me proud. It makes me proud seeing the net. Now I have a new designator, 11, uh, 11 Bravo, 2 Victor, instead of 1 Victor, which 2 Victor means you're E5 with your Ranger tab. That still, to me, is my most proud moment is, is seeing that on a piece of paper. 11 Bravo, and no longer being a 1 Papa or a 1 Victor, now I'm a 2 Victor, and moving up. So I, I think I think a lot of enlisted guys will probably tell you that's their becoming an NCO and getting your, getting your stripes, yep. man. Yeah. For, for me, uh, you know, in the Marine Corps, you get NCO E4, corporal, and yep. you become yeah. a team leader, you become a team leader, sergeant's more of the squad leader and all that, but becoming a team leader, I don't fire team at a corporal. Um, yeah, for, for me, it was like, wow. Okay. Like, Hey, I'm in this charge. Awesome. I, yeah. I, I've got three other guys now that, I've got to, you know, make sure that I've got to get them home now, or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I think if you talk to anyone, no matter what branch you are, NCOs absolutely run the military. Um, they are the leadership, and, and, and if you talk to any officer, NCOs are the heart and soul of any military oh, yeah. unit. For sure. So the the last segment we want to talk to is is post military, post contracting, moving into civilian world, and you already touched on it in the very beginning very beautifully about the transition. But what we want to talk about is your success in the civilian world, whether it's being an entrepreneur, an author, working with War Heroes TV, working as Battleline Tactical, Battleline Podcast, all the stuff that you're involved in. For the guys that are out there that maybe looking to transition, instead of worrying about the transition itself, I want to talk about what are some of the things and traits that you learned in the military that have helped you become successful in the civilian world? Uh, yeah, I, goal setting is there. And I always tell, you know, set a goal, have some purpose. You got to wake up with, with some self-purpose in your life. Um, but on the other note, and it's almost contradictory, is that when you have those goals, don't look of when you're going to reach that goal. And I learned that at Ranger School. I'll be honest, that was a Ranger School thing. It was because when you looked at the ending, it's like seeing that door at that fun house that just, as you're walking down that hallway and it just keeps getting farther and farther away, where if you just look at, okay, what do I need to do today to reach that goal? What do I need to accomplish today? And you're taking it in shorter increments. Then it doesn't seem like it's so far away from you. Whereas that's where I think a lot of people give up or they quit is they, they have a good goal, but it might take them a while and they don't know when it's going to end. And you don't, you know, you maybe have set a, a date that a, a, a string of dates or a, or a big, 
a big a few weeks of, of dates or but it's it's when they look towards and they I gotta reach it here, that's when the goal just seems insurmountable. And I said if I would have looked at the end state of Ranger School, when am I gonna graduate? I wouldn't have made it. I, I would because it just it would have seemed so long away where it was came to the point of and I got this after after forbidding forbidding I looked at it that way the first phase, um, I was like okay gosh Florida is just okay if I make it all the way through Florida I'll graduate on this date swamp phase and it just seemed like it was going to be forever so in my mind I said okay I got to stop doing that because I'm just getting more and more depressed <laughs> it's starting to suck worse the little alleys are starting to hurt worse all right <laughs> let's just get through the next hour all right. Got it. Yeah. All right. Let's just get through this. Let me. Let's just get through this patrol today. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Let's just get to tomorrow. All right. Let's and get to the right. next meal, whatever that is, whatever you got to set yourself towards. Three feet at a time. Get there and keep moving. And that's on Absolutely. the on the entrepreneurial. It's the exact same way. You 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 can't. Very rarely is there going to be a quick rich quick rich scheme. You got. You're gonna. I'm gonna win the win the lottery. Right? No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, in this world, or even especially, and being an entrepreneur, it's okay. What I want to do is it's something I want to do that's fun. Doesn't money doesn't make it fun? Believe me, guys, I was probably the most miserable in my life when I was making the most money. It was awful, a terrible life. I had an awful life. It was more of what do I want to do that's fun? Well, training is fun. Hey, the merchandise actually it's becoming fun because it's part of me, and I'm I'm a goof. I'm I, and one thing in the movie that is wrong, Pablo is a better dancer than me. I can't dance that well. So that is, that is awesome. Right? These but, are uh, the Kim like yeah, but, but he is a better dancer than me. He's got more skin. But anyway, um, it's, it's that I, I just, okay, let's, how do we do it? All right, let's, like a t-shirt. It's not like, oh, my gosh, I want to make a million dollars selling t-shirts. It's, hmm. all right, what do I want to put on this t-shirt? That's my first goal. What color do I want? That's the second goal. Is it fun? All right. Does it look fun? All right. Let's change it up a little bit. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm not done. Let's get up tomorrow and figure it out. And yep. as I've done that, now I'm at a point where I can look off. And I never intended this. I'd never any intention of doing any of the stuff I'm doing now. It just kind of morphed that way because the goal was, well, let's just keep getting better, adding stuff that I enjoy doing that's fun. And if it takes off, it takes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm still going to keep reaching and make it the best product that I can make it. And here I am now with, yeah, you, 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 with sponsors, with with products, yep. with being an entrepreneur with Battleline, with the podcast that it just happened. And I, <clears throat> I, I told you, it's better to be pleasantly surprised than be disappointed. It really is. And and taking it day by day, and especially guys that are having going through issues, and you know them as well. You have the hotline there. That's what yep. I tell them with going through depression and stuff. The hope is gone. When you're going day by day, there's hope every day. Because, all right, today was good. It's going to get a little better tomorrow. All right, what can I do to make it a little bit better today? Let's go to the gym or go for a run today. All right, you know what? That felt good. Let's do that tomorrow. All right, let's get up and claw our way tomorrow. You just keep grinding. And that's the advice I would give people. And that's why civilian life have been able to. It took me three years to figure it out, though, bro. It didn't happen mm -hmm. overnight. It took me three years and a gun to my mouth to figure, figure it out. What do I need to do? And then also family making your family better closing that chapter of military that was my family those are still my brothers and, and inviting inviting your family into your world you know yes well because my wife and i work together when she runs everything about time to say it's like you saying that she runs it it's hers and so we do it yeah. together and that's teamwork i mean the teamwork aspect of it and it feels just as good but 
the biggest thing is just getting up the net, looking and just not reaching, looking down at the end state of this is when it's, I'm going to accomplish this goal. Yes, you want to accomplish that goal. That's the end state, but not setting a date. At least that's how I saw it. It's just I'm going to get there. And eventually I got there. And eventually I moved past some of the goals I set because I didn't plan on just that goal. It just was I'm just going to keep getting better every day. Head-wise, yep. emotionally-wise, physically-wise, family-wise. And I can use all those experiences, Army, contractor, deployments, to feed from and learn from them, to apply to my civilian life. And civilian life actually now is easy and fun. I went yep. through all the hard stuff. I know how to do it. Um, well, raising a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and a twelve-year-old is well. That's 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 a whole different issue. That's that's a war on its. That's a, a whole different kind of war. <laughs> um, what what I want to talk about real quick um, is I'm going to give you time now uh, to tell people what all you're doing, whether it's the podcast, the training, the you know whatever, and everything that you're entrepreneurship. Where people can find you, um, if, if they want to find you on social media or uh, someone to get some training from you or any of that, I want to give you a few minutes to kind of uh, talk about where people can find you and, and on all the stuff that you are doing. Yeah, I'm on the uh, training, on the, well, for me, website, I have a website now. It's necessary evil in today's day and age. You, you have to have some sort of e marketing and e commerce sites. I think that's where things are going to, to be honest with you. And as veterans, you know, take it advantage of that you know you can do all this stuff from home and, and get things set up but i have my own website christanoperano.com um, um and on that website there's drop down menus you can find battle line tactical the courses that we have i try to do one a month maybe one every two months two months it's i don't do a ton of them but they're therapeutic for me they're fun and, and i think people learn from it because i did a lot of instruction with blackwater in between contracts in fact i, I vetted guys that were going on the GRS contract i was a lead instructor for that so it's something that I've done in other parts of my life, and it's it's fulfilling, and it's fun. I, I, I love guns. I love being around guns. I do. I love being around people that like to shoot. I love seeing the confidence that people get when they're new to guns and start shooting. Like, oh, my gosh, this really isn't as bad as the news makes this out to be. This isn't some piranha that's going to eat my hand off if I oh, it's just a hunk of metal. I, you know, it's a it's tool. It's wonderful to see their eyes light up. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a tool. But um. Uh, BattlelineTactical.com. Uh, social media is a necessary people. I hate it. I nuked my first first accounts <laughs> just because I had to purge all that from off, and I had to re remake myself just as a better person. But I have the right. social media back up. I don't have a Twitter account. Twitter's awful. Twitter's just uh, mean. That's, yeah, so that's I don't do that. But I do. Uh, yeah. No. Instagram account. It's a uh, real underscore Chris underscore Tano underscore Prado, and it has a little blue check mark, so you know it's me. And then I have a Facebook account, uh, Chris Pirano. That's um, a public account. Again, it's, it has a blue check mark, so you know it's me. And you know, we just a lot of stuff I post just positive stuff. I, I don't get into politics anymore. Yes. I, I used to. Yep. I, I think it was. I think politics are probably one of the worst things you can get into. It's just so divisive now. Um, where I, I just don't get into. It. I, I, there's more faith in the Battle Line podcast leading into that, which is with Ian Scotto, who used to run Soft Rep Radio and was an engineer for Andrew Wilkow's show. He, there you go. He runs the podcast. I'm just the ugly face that's his cohort on it. But again, another avenue that that just popped up and it's very therapeutic and it's all about faith and having people on like yourself, Trey, that that uh that just have stories and a lot of the veteran stories out there, what people can learn from veterans like we, we you know we talk about today. So um 
Uh, check out Battleline Podcast. Also, it's on the Instagram page, Battleline Tactical. The uh, training company I have also has its own Instagram and Facebook pages. And um, <clears throat> Battleline Tactical, and then also my own website, ChrisTonaProno.com. You can see when the courses are coming up. And then, uh, you know, I, I got into to, uh, to um, sponsor. People started sponsoring me on, on gear, tactical gear and, and cups and stuff. Yep. And so we, I have my own line of stuff uh, on Anisitano's Gear Locker. Dot com and then also Davante, a distillery, a Vietnam veteran has a distillery in North Georgia, asked if they could, uh, if, if I was interested in them making me a vodka. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's a former moonshiner. Um, he has since passed away, but um, but uh, Ray over there, a Vietnam vet, being a moonshiner, and again, it's an opportunity. I, I you know, I, I think anytime you're presented with an opportunity, even you know, even how silly it could be, like the sunglasses I do. It still was an opportunity. Yeah, right over there. I, I've still got some right over there. <laughs> you know, it, it and you wear them. So it's not like you just put your name on there and you walked away. I mean, you actually used them. So. It's, it's the experiences. And I say, I think, yeah. you know, getting over yourself, getting over that ego, and just getting into new experiences, um, you're going to grow and you're going to be a happier person. So all these experiences that are happening, yeah, I pick and choose. There are some that I like, man, you know, that's. Too, a little too gimmicky. It's not me. It's not that I don't like. It's just something that's yours and and that you can do. Um, get into it. Do the experience. Learn from it. If it works, some stuff I've done hasn't worked. Some of it yeah. does. But get into it. So uh, um, go to you can go to Tano's Tano's Gear Locker and you know all the stuff that I use. Everything on there is stuff I I use. I'm not going to push something that I wouldn't use myself because that's that's straight up dirt baggery. Right there, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, um, well, I remember, I remember uh, sending you a text. I don't know, a, a month or so ago. I'm mean, having a lot of pains and all that. And I was like, "Hey, I know that you do some things with pain management. And you kind of sent me down the road of maybe looking at some stuff that you use to help with pain management. And yeah, it works. And, and I know that you know you wouldn't tell me about it unless it worked for you, and it worked for me as well. So, uh, thank you for that. By the way, that was that was awesome. Um, that that was the net stuff. I I was never a big mm-hmm. CBD guy in my, yeah. in my It was part of the podcast. They, they they asked if they could be a sponsor on the podcast. I never would have even tried them or tried anything CBD related if right. they hadn't if, if I we hadn't had the podcast. The opportunities that come with opportunities if you're willing to take that step yeah. are fantastic. But they don't come if you don't if you're not willing to try the opportunity at net the nets and I still use the the, the body butter. Don't let it fool you guys. It's not a lotion. It's an anti. It's an anti-inflammatory. That stuff is amazing. And the CBD oil helped me get off all the medication I was on, the hard medication I was on for the VA from for uh, just having you know having depressed moods and anxiety and anger and everything else that comes with spending a lot of years overseas and and uh, and seeing the things that we saw. So yeah, man, I, I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's huge. It's it, it wouldn't have come about if I would wouldn't have taken that step with the battle line podcast absolutely well guys uh thank you so much for listening uh, in podcast form watching on youtube and facebook and all that obviously huge thank you to our good friend chris peronto for coming on and and, and, and i enjoyed hearing the humanistic side of chris peronto um and i appreciate you coming on and, and opening up about that stuff 
Um, if you're out there, all the links that Chris was talking about will be in the description below, whether you're in podcast or in video form. They'll all be down there so you guys can click anything that you need to find uh, Chris with or any of his businesses or any of his uh, the things that he's doing. You'll all be found all of it in the description below. But uh, once again, I want to thank Chris for coming on. And, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story and, and, and letting people hear who Chris is, not necessarily who Tonko is. Um, right. That, oh, man, that's cool. I appreciate that, Rod. And as always, thank you for your service as well and your friendship. And, and um, yeah, you know, I think we're having a little bit of that feedback. We got a big thunderstorm coming in. And it gets Same here. On, so I think that's yeah. I'm sorry about that, brother. But, uh, it's all good, bro. You know the deal. Just, just all that. You know, yeah, I appreciate you very much, Chris. I'll, uh, I'll come on. Thank you, my friend. God bless you, brother. All right. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, we'll, guys, we'll see you soon. Semper Fi. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening and watching this episode of the Jarhead Podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure you go ahead and give us a follow or a thumbs up. And make sure you go check out our swag store over on our website, ghosttacticalproductions.com. Until next time, stay frosty. Semper Fi.